Hello, Gavin. Hello, Louis. It's nice to see you again. It's good to see you. It's been a little bit. Yeah, we took like a nice little vacay. Well, little, yeah. yeah, summer vacay. Yeah, exactly. But School. we're back. Yeah. We're back, back, back again. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Mixed Reviews. This is a very special 50th episode anniversary um, celebration um, extravaganza. Oh, Louis, you don't look over 47. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I've been creaming. Yeah. <laughs> sexually. <laughs> I knew it was coming, yeah. and yet I still wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. But yes, welcome to the Mixed Reviews. We are a podcast in which we talk about films, and we usually pick a actor, director, or a mini-genre when we talk about the bad, and we talk about the good, and then we tell you what we want in the future. Yeah. But, but because this is the 50th episode... Yeah. We're doing something different today. Exactly. We're being a little loosey-goosey. Yeah, so this episode, we won't have a rewind, we won't have a fast-forward, we won't even have picks, really. Yeah, Um, though I I can tell you about some bad stuff if you want. Yeah, we can talk about some bad stuff, we can still mix it up. I just thought it'd be good, Uh, we've been doing this for, is it over two years now? Yeah, over two years. We started in March. March 15th, 2017 was our first episode. You Um, were a fresh, brand new New Yorker. Yeah. Do you regret it? (laughs) (laughs) Take me home, someone. <laughs> Gavin's keeping me here. The uh, I as of as of next month, I will have been here for twelve years. Wow, yeah, you're, you're a veteran. Yeah, and let me tell you, the MTA didn't used to be this bad. Really, this is really bad. Somehow it got worse. It got worse. That's a little insider New York for you. Everywhere mm-hmm. else, feel free to turn the podcast off. Yeah, right yeah. Now. Before we get going, though, we did have a really excellent episode um, last time. Um, where we talked about drag on film um, and kind of celebrating, you know, pride and um, kind of an extension of our queer on film episode that we did one year ago. Uh, And we had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, and absolutely, and I said this off mic, but I'm going to put it on record. Uh, we would not have done that episode without Louis, and it was Louis's suggestion, one hundred percent, and he deserves all the credit for it because I think it's a really fantastic episode. One hundred percent, pure Louis. <laughs> so we asked you to go online uh, and vote for your favorite um, drag movie, and uh, so coming in first place was Priscilla Queen of the Desert, which was my pick, fifty-four percent. Um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch was your pick, came in at thirty-seven percent. The Queen came in at 4%, and Other had 5% polling. Uh, we had a couple people send us messages. We actually got a DM um, from Van saying, I'm not sure if I missed it, but I think a kind of interesting example of, quote, dressing in male drag to circumvent societal structures is Mulan. Oh, similar yeah. to Yentl, actually. Yes. Completely agree. Thank you very much yeah, for that oh, message. Okay. I need to respond to that, actually. Yeah. But that's, that's very well thought out. We uh, didn't um, mention Mulan. No, we didn't. Um, I think... I don't know about you, but in my headspace, I'm like, oh, animated. And yeah, just it didn't even, even come think about it. into mind. But we did talk about Yentl. We, yes. Um, and I guess we have a new Mulan coming out soon. So I wonder and see how Disney will handle um, that. It looks like the movie is going to be a little bit more like historical, less musical. Yeah. So we'll see. Which, you know, I, yeah. I'm kind of down for that. We'll um, I did get called out for including the Queen because uh, they were mm. like, most people have not seen it. But I, I didn't want to put Tu Wong Fu on there. Um, and I really, when we put other out there, I really want to see what other people have. Uh, Keith Walker said, some like it hot, mm-hmm. um, and not just because he has a tattoo of it. And then he DM'd me the tattoo. Wow. It's, it's very nice. It's nice. Show it to you. Okay. Thank um, and then um, and then we got uh, a bunch of votes for Pink Flamingos. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. The great gif. Yeah, yeah. Where was I? Jo- oh, um, Derek's hosting game. 
Um, they this is a quiz show on on Scruff, and they did a question about what did Divine eat off the floor. They had a gif of her eating the poop off the floor, and I was in the audience with a bunch of uh, other gays who hadn't seen the movie, and they all clutched their pearls, could not believe. Sorry, Marys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you even queer? <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you never eaten dog shit before? <laughs> I mean, hello, it's 2019, get it together. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that was a re- it was a really interesting mix. I actually think it's one of the more well responded to polls. Oh, polls! Yes, yes, yes. That, that we've ever had, and uh, I don't know. That was really really exciting. Well, for I think me. those movies are really special to like a lot of people. Yeah, especially the queer community, and uh, I didn't think those movies are the entry for a lot of people into like that world. Like I mentioned on the last episode, I had no idea what drag was when I watched Queen of the Desert. Um, and so, yeah, I think I, I know a lot of people who would like rewatch. Those movies are infinitely re- rewatchable. And um, yeah, hope you guys liked it. Um, so let's move along into this episode then. Absolutely. So like I said, we're being very loosey-goosey. But I thought we should take it all the way back to March 15th, our first episode. What was it about Kirsten Dunst? Um, a I- very, it's a very truncated yeah, I, I want to I wanna give a disclaimer. I have not listened to that episode since I edited it. Mm-hmm. If you have any issues with that episode, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember, like, we didn't really know what the show was yet. Right, like, right. I don't think we had, like, the format. We did not have a format. We were very amorphous. I feel like we didn't get our format until, like, episode six, around around Hathaway time, you know? And that's what's crazy. Hathaway was episode four. Oh, four? Yeah, we, I think after, Ooh. I think after those first couple of episodes, I was like, Gavin, we need to yeah. get it together. <laughs> um, but, so, I, I, I mentioned to you earlier, I finally watched Elizabeth Town. Yes. For Kirsten Dunst. And, my God, if I was gonna redo my picks for a one-star review for Kirsten Dunst, I might have to change it to Elizabeth Town. Did you, did you not love it? I, I did not love it. Louisville, Kentucky, huh? Home, business, or family? My dad. Oh, where does he live in Louisville? Actually, he's near Louisville. 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 Vol. V- Louisville. He's in Elizabethtown. Oh, good. Hope someone's driving you, because the roads around there are hopelessly and gloriously confusing. Louisville. I'll keep that in mind. Who, uh, someone like famous made this movie, right? Do you, do you really not know? I don't, I, um, I, I could not tell you. It's like, it was like a very, like, the movie was trying to be very important and it felt like it had pedigree of like, um, what's that Tom Cruise movie? Oh, Jerry Maguire. It felt, well, it's the same, same directors, Cameron Crowe. Oh my, th- yeah. I literally just pulled that out of my ass <laughs> because I got the same feel. I was like, this person thinks they're making a very important movie. I, I will say this. This is going to get me in trouble in some circles. Cameron Crowe mm. is mm? overrated. <laughs> yes. What is he known for beyond Jay McGuire? So he did Say Anything, which okay. is a movie people love and yep. a movie I have said for years could use an editor. People love that movie for the... John Cusack yeah. boombox. Yeah, right. In your eyes. It's essentially like that movie is like memeable. Like yeah. for the memes. 100%. Jerry Maguire. Uh-huh. Um, Almost Famous. Which yes, yes. is a great movie. Okay. So I don't have... I don't really have an issue with that. Um, singles. He wrote Singles. 
Uh, he did Vanilla Sky, which I know is not uh, high up on people's list. Yeah. Um, after Elizabeth Town, Elizabeth Town was sort of the the like I feel like it was van- like almost famous. Pete Crow. Yeah. Uh, Vanilla Sky. Ooh no. Yeah. Oh Elizabeth Town. Oh. oh no. Oh no. We bought a zoo. Oh god. You mean we bought a zoo? Yeah. And Aloha. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. Starring everyone's favorite Asian actress. Yes. Emma Stone. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah, you just feel with this movie, it's like, where he, it's trying to be a big think. It's like, there's like the the voiceover, there's like Alec Baldwin being, you know, rich and f- like powerful. I will give it this, and my, my, my friends over at the B-Side podcast will appreciate this. Alec Baldwin, best part of that movie. I yes. agree, I agree. Oh, 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 also everyone's favorite racist, um, Paula Dean is in this movie. Yes! I was like, what kind, like, what a special time <laughs> when that movie came out, you know? Orlando Bloom was what? popular. What a special Paula time. Dean wasn't a racist yet. Um, <laughs> and, and literally people, Cameron Crowe was like, you know what? They're going, are they even in the South? Oh, they're in Kentucky, right? The thing that kind of bothered me most is like, they're romanticizing, you know, like uh, rural neighborhoods and right. the whole like, literally on this flight with nobody but him and Kirsten Dunst as the fucking uh, stewardess. It's right. it's dumb. Like that's, no, that's not how that works. And then the whole just like, when you roll into the neighborhood and your dad was so revered that everyone's on their porch just waving and has signs and, and they just want to pat you on the back. And right. I'm like, girl, these people have lives. I don't give a fuck. Like, people die every day. Like, whatever big thing Cameron Crowe was trying to have about this, we'll say it was funny seeing the band play and the eagle on fire. Yes. Um, but but then quickly made very stupid by Kirsten Dunst doing, like, the uh, airline um, directions for them to exit the burning thing. Um, all that to say... You didn't think that's funny? You didn't, no, think, no, you didn't no. laugh out loud? All I will say is I don't think I chose right for my one-star review, even though The Crow... The Raven? Was it two? Uh, the it was The Crow two. Self three. Three? Yeah, because it's Stairway to Heaven... Uh, not Stairway to Heaven. That's the TV show. City of Angels mm, is the second yeah. movie. Salvation? Crow Salvation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I originally picked. I picked... Now I picked this. And also I will say I don't think I sold Bachelorette as good as, as much as I should have. Yeah, and I've come so around good. a little more on Bachelorette. I think I was maybe a little too harsh on it. O- only because I've liked almost everything that the person who wrote Bachelorette has mm. made sense. So maybe I understand her a bit better. Maybe I just need to be a little older and bitter. There you go. Yeah, I mean, now that we're older and um, sadder about life. <laughs> yes. Um, but also know that there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> Before we move on from Kirsten Dunst, uh, there's been one movie that came out since we did her episode uh, that she did, which is Woodshock. came out in 2017. Um not a fun movie if you're sad. Okay. Um, it's a movie about uh, a woman who helps her mother, uh, like assists her mother in suicide. Her mother is dying of cancer oh. um, by giving her a laced joint. And then she accidentally gives one to somebody else and kills him and goes into a, a deep grief spiral and has decided to kill herself by lacing five joints and slowly smoking them throughout the rest of the film. And it's like very strange and visionary. She was an executive producer on it. Huh. The the it was two women who directed it. It was their very first film. They're like heir to a fashion line, so the entire movie is gorgeous. Like absolutely, <laughs> so they look stunning yeah. when they're dying. But, but I mean, not only not only the outfit, like the like the the look of the film. She like she does this weird like levitating thing in the woods because there's like a lot of hallucinatory image and. Oh my God. Um, I don't know. It's 
It's not an amazing film. Okay. It's like a three-star movie, but I think it's worth a look. Especially her performance. She's yeah. really fantastic. Yeah, I do love so. that she's like, not as being fucking weird. Well, that's that's one thing I think is sort of interesting is that, you know, a lot of people, when they get that, that big comeback moment, because that's also the same year she did the Sofia Coppola movie. And so what's interesting about that, I think, is, is a lot of times stars will go on, you know, a hiatus and come back in a big way and they'll do something big and then something small. And I kind of love that she decided to come back only doing small things, only things that she was passionate yeah. about. And I think that's, that's interesting for her and says a lot about who Kirsten Dunst actually is. Yeah. I love that. She's like, okay, I made my Spider-Man money. Yeah, yeah. Like I've done dumb girls. I've done like, you know, her rom-coms or whatever. And I mean, no shade on rom-coms. We all know I love a good rom-com. But I think she's fully just like, you know, I'm getting older and I want to do interesting, weird stuff. Absolutely. Good for her. Moving on. Will Smith was our second episode. Cannot believe. The fucking cojones. I know. The nerve. Just looking back at us, I would would like want to hit myself with the newspaper on the nose and say, no. Yeah. No, don't do that. I don't know why we chose him. Um, You know, we needed someone. And, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And we want people to listen. Uh, but I will say Will Smith is having a grand old time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aladdin has just become his highest grossing film ever. It just crossed one Which billion. Which is insane because I think a lot of people thought that Aladdin would be a flop compared yeah. to uh, Lion King. But nope, people loved Aladdin. Yeah, so, and it's funny because it seems like people are really disappointed in The Lion King. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because hmm. they don't like the photorealistic because you, know, oh, yeah, you can't yeah, do yeah. a lot of animated faces yeah. and... Yeah, yeah, super bizarre that, oh, how the turns have tabled. <laughs> um, uh, I, will, I will quickly say, going on to our third episode, Richard Linklater, I saw um, Last Flag Flying um, definitely near the bottom of his viewer. That's how you Very say it. Very right? good. You know, neither yeah. of us are drinking this episode. I know. <laughs> just, <laughs> um, it's just hot. Uh, but yeah, Last Flag Flying, uh, uh, just another like... Uh, uh, Thing where Steve Carell tried to win an Oscar. Yeah. And it was not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has a movie coming out this summer called Where Did You Go, Bernadette? Uh, oh, yeah. Everything I've heard about it is not good. Right. I mean, they keep moving the release date. Right. It which... was, I believe, supposed to come out in February. I actually believed it had come out and nobody saw it. But it, nope, it's yep. coming out in August. Yeah. Um, and an August release date for a movie like that is yeah. essentially saying it sucks. Right. Because so... it's not like far enough into award season. Right. And it's like kind of the end of the blockbuster season. This movie is not a blockbuster. Like, it's... I don't know who this movie is for. You'll never guess what happened. She disappeared. Bernadette jumped out a window. There's one answer to all of your problems. Get your ass back to work. What's really funny is Parker Posey in her autobiography, and this was just told to me. I've not read it yet. Dan has been reading it. Um, She writes... A chapter about how she doesn't understand how she's like not playing the game right and so she met the author of the book where did you go bernadette at a party that richard linklater was throwing and was like i love your book i think i'd be perfect for the lead role and the author was like oh but there's this side character i think you'd be really perfect for and parker posey was like no i think i'd be really good for the lead and the author just sort of disappeared oh my god (laughs) yeah the author was like um actually i do have kate blanchett's personal phone number (laughs) exactly so yeah i don't i don't want to like go in negative to a film but that i mean the the trailer looks like yeah yeah i just don't know who the movie's for but we'll see we'll see um, skipping ahead, you know, we did Anne Hathaway, did we? Whoopi Goldberg. Um, can I, can I just mention Anne Hathaway, um, 
since we did this episode, she did Ocean's 8, which we yes. talked about for Sandra Bullock, and she did uh, The Hustle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to, or yeah, The Hustle. I have to say, um, I still think you should fire your agent, yeah, Anne. Yeah, we're not, we're, we still <laughs> like, haven't really found the yeah, s- sweet spot, girl. I, I think she's very funny, and I know you didn't like Ocean's 8 at all. No. But like, I thought she was very funny. Ocean's 9? No. Is eight, it 8? Eight? 8, okay. Yeah. I was like, how many are there? Whatever. I, I thought she was very funny playing like a... She was a, the like, best part of it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But The Hustle, mm. girl. That was I, didn't, a... I didn't see it, and I love Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, but I nary was there a good review. Yeah, that, that was film. a swing and a miss. Yeah, and um, for Whoopi Goldberg, if we were sticking to our normal format, which we are not, I will say mm. um, was in one of the worst movies I watched uh, to catch up, which was a film that came out last year called Nobody's Fool. Directed oh by Tyler Perry. Of course. Of yes. course. Okay, listen. Talking about Tyler Perry. Yes. Um, I saw... I've seen... There's a lot of... So right now is a great time for African-American um, theater. Yes. And a lot of it um, seems to be pointed towards Tyler Perry and how he has this monopoly on the game, um, not only in theater, but in movies, and how uh, ne- like maybe the negative impact of his uh, point of view... And what they make people believe, you yeah. know, that it all has to be. Um, and uh, on the, another podcast, they were talking to the creator of uh, Dear White People. Yes. And he talked about, you know, Tyler Perry ended up calling him um, because he, for a long time, had been shitting on Tyler Perry. And so there's a good, lot of good conversation and interesting conversation around right. here. And essentially this guy is being like, you know, it's not, I shouldn't be shitting on Tyler Perry. It's the system. And we all have to like, you know, as black people have to, you know, right. game the system, blah, blah, blah. All that being said, that's fine and good. And of course there's inequality for POC people and minorities to get things made. But I don't think that excuses a lot of what Tyler Perry has done. Right. And it's like, you can't just, like, be like, you know what? You're right. When you, like, punish people with AIDS in your shows and movies, like, right. that's playing the system. Like, well, no. Part, like, of the, part of the problem with the movie Nobody's Fool is, is it's, uh, first of all, great opening sequence, by the way. Okay. And it's just the main character dancing to Janet Jackson. And I'm Love. all for that. So it, it stars Tika Sumpner. And she is like a woman who's put together and everything. And her sister, played by Tiffany Haddish, gets out of prison. And their mom, played by Whoopi Goldberg's, like she can't come live with me. She's got to come live with you. And you know the the prison sister uh, turns her life, her like mannered life, upside down. And um, she starts sleeping with a man that also went to prison. And she's like, I can't love him because prison because of prison. Um, at the same time, she has like a long distance boyfriend who she's really being catfished by. And when she like meets him, it's like Chris Rock in a wheelchair. And and the joke is that he's like super dirty. But also the joke is the joke is that he's in a wheelchair. And like, why is that acceptable it's in Chris 2018? Rock? Yeah. Um, and someone called favors. And yes. <laughs> um, and then you find out later that it was Chris Rock was college roommate of the guy that plays Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl. So he's the real guy. Uh, but he turns out to be a real asshole. Um, right. And but like it gets like really moralistic in the way that Tyler Perry movies yeah. do. And essentially this guy like reams the main character out because he's like, well, you're judging me because I went to prison and you need to judge a book by its cover. But then it continues to the point where he's almost being like, you owe me because you like you have judged me in this way. Right. And it's it's the weirdest thing because it, it's always like he 
he like finds the right message and takes the wrong yeah. route to it. Well, because I think he like he feels like he needs to like have the twist, right. take the turn, and it's like, girl, it's sometimes it's just not that hard. Right, you're, you're trying. It's too much. So Whoopi was maybe the best part of it, and you can tell that Whoopi and Tiffany Haddish improved a lot of their lines because they're the only ones that have anything funny to say. Why did she put you out? She mad at me because she got catfish. I guess you just gotta call her. Mama, I just told you she put me out. Huh, you know, it's so funny. This connection is so rickety. Hello? What? Mama, you in the window. I can't hear you, baby. I can't hear Oh, my Mama. goodness. I can't hear you. I Mama, don't know stop what's playing. The whole thing Mama, is don't play up. like that. Mama, where am I stay? Mama, where am I going to stay? Mama. Mom. Mama. That sounds about right. But it's still just like, Whoopi, stop. Stop working with Tyler yeah. Perry. Because she could work with anybody. Right. You know? I wonder if she even likes working anymore. Let, like, let him elevate somebody else, you yeah. know? Um, we did a, our Miyazaki episode, which I'll quickly just say, I know this is not a Miyazaki movie, but through this episode, I ended up watching Grave of Fireflies. Holy shit. Amazing movie. Everyone should watch this. Like yeah. they, should, they should show this movie. Like It should be taught in schools. In schools. It's yeah. um, incredible. Uh, do yourself a favor and get that um, into your brains. Uh, we did Selma Hayek, who the, we'll see in Eternals. Yes, next year. <laughs> Selma Hayek is in. This is the one that I would. If we were doing one star reviews, okay. Selma Hayek is in my least favorite film of this year. Oh, already? Yeah, it's a movie. I mean, I doubt I will see a worse film than this. It's a movie called Drunk Parents. Drunk Parents, and it is her. And Alec Baldwin... Ugh, hate it already. It was shot in 2016, and it sat on a shelf where it should have stayed. Yeah. And it's, like, a movie that has maybe... Is maybe 70% child molestation jokes. Oh, good. Which I thought was a weird thing to Did do. They, do you think they made this on the eve... Or, like, on the... After the, like, bad moms, like, whole I, thing? I think so, but I don't really know how, like... Uh, Jim Gaffigan plays uh, a man that tries to rent their house in it, and he is a registered sex offender. And you find out that his story, like, it's unjustified. But there's so many jokes that lead up to it about child molestation. Um, the other thing that the movie does that... <laughs> Nothing I find more funny, honestly. <laughs> the other thing the movie does that kills me is when you find a joke that's not funny... And then you double down on it, and then you triple down on it. Yeah. One of the one of the jokes the movie loves is Selma Hayek is um, so stressed. She's wearing two pairs of Spanx. It's a double pair of Spanx day, and they bring this joke up many times. Is that Spanx over tights? Yes, I'm double spanking. Do you have to scream into the world? Because right about now. I like to have a pair of really tight spanks around my fucking neck. And most of the times it's verbal, but there's this one joke about spiders crawling out of a wig she's wearing. Sorry, that's the police coming to, to, yeah. to arrest me. Um, out of a wig she's wearing? Yeah, it's every joke has a million pieces and it's not funny. Um, but... As the spiders are attacking her, she falls to the floor. Her skirt comes up, and you can see she's wearing double spanks. No. Oh, my God. Two spanks? Yeah, two spanks. I, I don't know. I feel bad for everybody involved in that. I mean, Joe Maganello is in the movie as well, um, and he's playing their brother-in-law. And uh, 
I'm forgetting its name, Ben Platt. Mm, ben Platt? Yeah, Ben Platt. Was this a Platt production? <laughs> yes. It might have. Um, I don't think so. I don't, but uh, I feel like, I mean, and this is no shade to him. He's very talented, but I feel like everything he's in, his dad produces. Yeah, Dear Evan Hansen. No. Love Gavin. <laughs> okay, first of all, if you haven't even seen and cried at Dear Evan Hansen, don't talk about it. <laughs> Not in front of me, Gavin. But yeah, drunk parents. Don't, if don't do it. If there's one thing you come away from this episode of Mixed Reviews. Drunk parents is your, your, yeah. is your new one-star review for Sama. Yeah, yeah. Don't watch drunk parents. Um, then we did Pixar, which um, there's been some new Pixar movies. I honestly... Mostly sequels. Mostly sequels. Um, I gotta say, I have such little interest in watching another Toy Story movie. I do too. I've, and people seem to like it. Uh, but yeah. like, I didn't... I didn't go out to see it. I didn't Same. want to. Yeah. I did I did finally watch The Incredibles 2 and I I liked it. Yeah. But it's also watered down. It like replaced the the tension of by the way, the first Incredibles movie is so adult. Um, yeah, it's very good. The, the um the tension of Bob possibly having an affair mm-hmm. is replaced in the second movie with a dated like can a man raise his children? And I get the movie's a period piece. I get that the Incredibles set in the 60s, which I constantly forget. But, like, that plot line is so bad. Yeah. The, the best part of that movie is Jack-Jack just fighting yeah. a raccoon, okay? so Yeah, 100%. And that's a Pixar short in the middle of a film. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, we did Joan Crawford, which we love. Yeah, and she's still dead. She's still dead. So, um, we did Charlize. Um, I, I saw her in Longshot. I also saw Longshot now. And, um... I liked it. I think I, she's fucking amazing. Well, in it. she's my at one hundred percent my favorite thing. I don't think any of the actors are. I th- I thought it was a fine movie. It's like a th- three star movie. Yeah. I think it's a really solid second act, and that, that sounds like a like a diss. But like, I didn't love the. I thought the first act was shaky, and I thought the third act was real bad. But I thought this the second act was so charming, and the yeah. chemistry she actually has with Seth Rogen, yeah. the chemistry that she has with June Diane Raphael, yeah. who plays her assistant, is so good. Like the, I don't, the, she, well, like she's, she, she's, Charlie Theron is They ask brilliant. her to do a lot in this movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, the whole like juggling and walking the line of like, I'm high as fuck, but I'm also like oh my running God, for president. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm also like, you know, they ask her to do a lot and it could have been very stupid and dumb, yeah. but I thought she fucking nailed all of it. So Charlize, we love. Did you like date? Uh, yeah, I date. Generally, you know, with people who have similar lifestyles to me, people who travel a lot. It's hard to keep those things alive. I'm, I mean, who wants to follow me around the world and hope I have five minutes to be affectionate? Yeah. And honestly, guys don't really want to date women who are more powerful than them. They think they do, but it's a big shriveler. Oof. Mm-hmm. Dick Shriveler is my favorite Batman villain, though, so. You gonna ask why I'm still single? No, I get it. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, it adds up. She was also in another movie called Gringo that came out last mm. year, and I still don't think anybody's seen it. Nope. Not a single person I it's know. It's available on Amazon Prime, but I will not. Um, then we did Buddy Cop Films, your favorite episode, <laughs> famously. Uh, Stephen King. Uh, Stephen King, who has uh, It Chapter 2 coming out this year. Now, for those who have not listened to Stephen King episode, we talk specifically about Stephen King film adaptations. Yes. Which doesn't necessarily mean his involvement, but I th- I kind of like the way that we did that. Um, yeah. uh, and 
Uh, it Chapter 2 comes out at the end of the summer uh, in September, but he did have another film come out earlier this year, which was Pet Cemetery, the oh, remake. That's right. That's right. And I gotta say, it's hot garbage, mama. Ooh, yeah, mama. it is not good. Um, there's nothing, I don't love the original movie, but I don't. I don't understand the idea of remaking something if you're not bringing anything new to the table. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that new that they brought to the table was instead of killing the son, the daughter dies instead. And I don't know. Yeah. It just wasn't... The scares weren't there. The mm. story... And, like, that's maybe one of Stephen King's most disturbing books. So, it just take work. note, Lion King. You yeah. should have <laughs> fucking thrown Nala out there and have her become the king, okay? Yeah. That's a take. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Beyonce was just the voice of Simba and then nobody mentioned yeah, it? And everyone, yeah, and everyone was like, that's right. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. great. That's for sure. <laughs> um, after that, we did Diego Luna, who we just want to make out with all the time. Um, we did Witches on Film. Uh, uh, you know what? I've done a lot for this podcast because I'm not a spooky bitch and... I watched some spooky ass shit for you. Yeah, you did. I I went and saw fucking it with you. You did, and I, and you laughed at me. Yeah, as I screamed. I cur- I as of today, I currently made plans to see the sequel. So if you want to come, <sighs> and and so you could laugh at me again. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the Universal Monsters. So that that was the year we did two um Halloween episodes. Yeah, and I'm gonna get you to do it again. I'm gonna try <laughs> this year. We're doing three. <laughs> um. And there hasn't been any move on the Universal Monsters front other than the fact that Bloomhouse is doing an Invisible Man and hopefully going to to kind of refigure their mm. plans for the quote-unquote dark universe. Uh, but, you know, you just, you can't force that thing. No. You can't, it's, like, it seems like the, you know, the Godzilla people are learning their lesson too because I don't yeah. think the Godzilla, second Godzilla movie did that great, though I just watched it and I had a lot of fun. Okay. Um, not a good movie, but fun. It's fun. Um but like I, I feel like yeah, you can't. So we talked about the mummy on that episode yeah. with Tom Cruise, and it's real bad. And we talked about the mummy there, and then we also talked about it in the Rachel Vice episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, that that mummy, that is, mummy, that's good. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. we love that mummy. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Are you my I, mummy? <laughs> what was I just listening to? They're talking about the mummy and um, how good it is, and how or oh, was it us? <laughs> it was us. Um, this is us. Cheesies on NBC. Uh, no, on, in Entertainment Weekly, they did a oral history because it's like the 20th anniversary of the movie or something. Right. Um, saying just like how incredibly hard it was to make that movie. Um, even sand, s- it gets everywhere. Yeah, thank you. Um, selling that movie to like investors and producers and being like, you want to do what now? And like, yeah, he's yeah. going to look. Li- um, so it's truly a. Um, we are blessed to have that movie, and who knows where the Universal Monsters will go next. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see Blumhouse's Invisible Man. You know, I, I I feel like that's... I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but I feel like that's the path to go. The kind of low budge. Oh, horror. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sam Rockwell, who famously now has an Oscar. <laughs> yes, yeah. We, we willed it into existence. Yeah. Who famously now has I, an Oscar and also just like has found this weird niche of playing racists. Yeah, well, I, I also love the fact that we're like, if you go back and listen to the Sam Rockwell episode, we were kind of like, ha, about that movie. We were like, we had fun in the theater. but that, And I feel like now we're both like, no, that movie's bad. Well, it's funny. So I, through this also, have... Um, discovered YouTube film people. Yes. And their um, uh, content. Um, there's one guy who I really enjoy. Doing for the content. I'm doing for the content. This one guy that I really enjoy, he talks about how he actually really likes um, Three Billboards. And he says, you know, the conversation around like redemption is very real and like who deserves it and who should get it. His defense of the movie is that like no one in the movie really is redeemed. They are right. all broken. They are right. all awful people. And there's never like 
there is no saving grace for them. Right. Um, and I remember we talked about, I was like, there are some acts of violence in the, that movie that are shocking, jarring, horrifying. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, it's I not, I still just feel tonally. It doesn't, it doesn't fully work. I get that. I'm, and I'm for like, I have no problem. I think that's where a lot of the, and this is maybe a deeper conversation. I think that's where a lot of people get upset where they think like, you know, film reviewers seem to believe that the, a movie's, morality has to line completely up with their own morality and that's not true there are characters i hate in movies that i i love those movies still like you don't have to share my same values but i do think there are there are certain worldviews that feel more toxic Mm. than others when i'm watching a movie and that movie like on the back end began to like seep into me like oh this is maybe not right you know because like i in the end i don't care that they that they don't you know that they are still broken and everything i still like don't feel fulfilled either either way if they had right. been redeemed i think what we had talked about was this like the woody harrelson plot line yeah. is like kind of like weirdly it's its own short film in yeah. the middle of that movie and then also i mentioned so much I... like jack jack and a raccoon <laughs> it's a it's a pixar short it's the same really. thing <laughs> Uh, we'll move along. Um, real quick, before we move out of Sam Rockwell, I do want to mention, uh, yeah, he d- you, oh, you right. mentioned uh, Best the, best of Enemies. Yeah. Uh, which, with Taraji. Yeah, which Taraji, and I, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not wanted to see it, especially since it, like, it came out so close to Green Book and everybody was just like, this again? Yeah. But honestly, if they'd released it first, it could have won Best Picture, I know. <laughs> the thing, like, it was very bizarre. It was like, the timing is insane. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like whatever production company that made that movie was like, oh, fuck, we were about, we could have put this out in November and it would have been great. Right, absolutely. But they thought it was trash and put it out in, like, whatever, February. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he's also uh, since gone on to do his, his first... Uh, T, like long TV show or long longer for Fosse Verdon Fosse Verdon yeah. um, and to be honest like this is not to take away from him but literally the only things I've heard about that show is Michelle Williams Michelle Williams Michelle yeah. Williams so when is that episode coming yeah oh we gotta we gotta uh, we did Super Team movies which Avengers came out cool. Avengers came out and they just keep coming out they keep coming they're, out they're gonna keep coming out one of our listeners Jane did drop us a line to say um, hey uh, I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about Super Team movies and maybe where they're going in the future. Um, I don't know. That's the thing, because it seems like the only game in town currently is uh, Marvel, Marvel. Because DC can't get it together. I did finally see Justice League post. Oh, okay. Um, and that movie is a mess. Yeah. I mean, is fully a mess. Um, I mean, it, it's it's it really sucks because I mean the, the tragedy that happened to Zack Snyder's family, and so like he wasn't even like, and not to say that he would have made a very good film like or figured it out, but at the very least, it would not have been the Joss Whedon Zack right. Snyder like mishmash. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I think I mentioned this like maybe a couple episodes ago how I thought the Last Avengers movie was you know. Good, but I was, was fine. But it, but like, it was also very self-indulgent. And yeah. I, I think maybe the one thing that's going to have to happen, especially since The Eternals is going to be something new and different, hopefully. Yes, with a female director. Yeah, Chloe Zhao and, uh, and like, supposedly a, a queer character in Hercules. If he's in it, I don't know. Like, there's all sorts of rumors surrounding it. And then eventually down the line, Guardian Galax- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3... Suicide Squad 2 yeah. for DC. Like, well, you, even thinking, I mean, so like the, sorry. You no, no, I, but there, I mean, I think 
they're going to have to be a little less self-serving because they, I, I don't want to say masturbatory, but there's many moments of Endgame which feel like they're into getting the audience off on like, hey, look at this thing. Hey, look at this thing. We remember this. Do you remember this? And, and well, I mean, these I, other movies can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I will say like, sometimes I love a good fan service. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? That's all I fucking wanted. Okay. Right. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, and I guess I can't complain too much because one of the reasons I don't like Infinity War is because it doesn't feel like a movie and Endgame does feel like a movie. It has like a beginning, middle and end. It has a structure. It feels self-contained, even right. though it's about all these other things that happened before. I so, thought, like, I, I mean, so I see what you're saying, but I think I personally had more fulfillment watching Infinity War just because it felt like the stakes were higher. And this movie wouldn't, I, I will never live down or like get over the fact that the entire like plot of this movie gets going because a fucking mouse lets Ant-Man out of the yes. whatever realm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, right. So you guys couldn't figure out how to fucking get him back is what you're telling me. <laughs> it's like an accident. Um, and, and that just felt like so dumb and silly to me and whatever. Um, no, no, you're not wrong. You're not. Yeah, um, but also, I was, I was going to say, um, the, the, the new Thor movie that they're um, releasing. Yes. It, I mean, we talked about how, like, the Ragnarok kind of is like a team-up movie. It's not, yeah. like, an official, but, like, it is. Um, and, and Love and Thunder, I guess, is the new one going to be called. Um, there better be some Tessa Natalie kiss. And I mean, hello? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to get to Natalie in a moment. Oh, yeah. We, oh, Bitch yeah. gamed the system. Um, we did Guillermo del Toro. Um, who has a new movie coming out this summer that he produced, which is uh, Scary, Scary Stories, Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I still think should be an anthology film. But based on the latest trailer, it's clearly not. Um, and then we got into 2018. We did Gina Davis, who we love. We stand. She has a new documentary coming out. Um, the Gina Davis Institute produced it. Um, and she didn't direct it, but like it's about... Um, women in Hollywood and it's got it seems like it's literally everybody like it's like um, Rashida Jones and Meryl Streep and just wow. just all these different actors from many many years talking about how Hollywood has fucking shortchanged women. Remember the kids books in the 50s see Dick see Jane and I just felt like you know we see Dick all the time. <laughs> I just wanted to see more Jane. So good for Gina Davis. She's also going to be on um, Glow season three. Oh yeah. Oh, she is doing the work. I love Gina. We did Stanley Tucci. He's uh, in everything. He's everything. <laughs> uh, and then the twenty third episode was Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Good old Natalie P. I I do want to say I think the way that she she played yeah. Marvel so like hard. a harp from hell. Yeah. Like she to quote the Penguin. <laughs> she like she. She said, bitch, you thought. Yeah. She went out there and was like, no, I'm not doing these films. Trash, trash, trash. Yeah. Trash, trash. Yeah. She gave me trash. Um, she didn't even come back. This is the fun thing. We've been talking about Endgame. Uh-huh. She has a bunch of scenes in Endgame. They're not her. Mm-mm. They're deleted scenes from Thor of the Dark World. She came in and looped some dialogue. Amazing. Then she shows up at the premiere uh-huh. just like oh I did work yeah cashing those checks hi guys hi hey do you remember me I'm the person who hates this go see Vox Lux <laughs> and then and then she comes out of fucking the uh, San Diego Comic Con and she's like bitch I'm Thor now the true gag of it all like yeah. can you like 
she was like, I mean, I guess. Like, why don't you? I mean, I'll come back, but make me Thor. Yeah. How many zeros? Yeah. But also, <laughs> I, I mean, get the hammer. Okay. But that's also like, uh, also, it all comes back to fucking Ragnarok. Like, yes. It, Taika Waititi is such a uh, voice and like entertainer. Like, if if I was Natalie Portman and they were like, yeah, well, Taika's gonna write something for you or whatever, right. I'd be like, okay, fuck yeah, let's do it. Well, the, and the, I mean, that's the thing I sort of hate about. The, these movies having to deal with real world consequences is they're like Natalie Portman doesn't want to do our films okay we'll write her out but we're not even gonna like write her out in an interesting way where they're yeah. just gonna be like oh they broke up yeah stupid yeah Very I don't know stupid. I hate that but but good for Natalie and, and get that bank mm-hmm. honestly and she's such a talented actor that like yeah. uh, but you did mention Vox Lux came out in between which is a movie I didn't love but I don't hate either um I just love how nervy she is yeah like literally everything that she does she's committed to it and she's gonna do the dumb accent she's yeah. gonna like you know really be physical about it like yeah it's never a boring performance this is a culmination of my life's work so far you know we worked on it for two years before bringing it to the public uh, why, why two years well the year before that I was under a lot of stress after my accident and it's an expensive show to put on I I I wanted to make sure all the best people became available. You know, I wanted all my best dancers back. With the decision to kick things off in New Brighton, you must have considered the event like a, like a homecoming resurgence since the accident and the arrests were uh, causing serious injury by dangerous injury, driving. Injury, not serious injury. And I never stopped making music, so I don't consider it a resurgence. Yeah, well, this is one of the things I think is interesting about the movie, and I, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but I've had this conversation with a couple people, like... The music intentionally gets worse as the movie goes mm. on, right? Like, the, the pop songs become dumber. Well, the, I like dumb pop songs, so it's really hard no. for me to tell. <laughs> it's but really, really was, hard for But me that's what I, I was like. I was like, Sia knows what she's doing, right? right. Yeah. Um, I gasped because I just remembered that I, <laughs> to play this catch-up game, I watched my Blueberry Nights. Oh, yes! <laughs> um, and wow, you really are getting hot. I know. I... I watched that movie. That movie was fucking weird as fuck. I was like, I don't know what the fuck um, this filmmaker was trying to do. There's clearly some style and like uh, thinking here, but like I didn't get it. Jude Laws, whatever. Nora Jones is such a sweet, sweet, sweet girl. An actress she is not. Yeah. Um, and That's Rachel Vice. True. Rachel Vice is in this movie. She's the best part of this movie. I love Rachel Vice, and I mean, yeah. I, I love um, love Wong Kar Wai and. I still, in my heart of hearts, I still feel like defending that film in the fact that, like, I think, I mean, just as I think an American filmmaker going and making a movie about um, Hong Kong would maybe not, like, would maybe feel fake and inauthentic, and not even maybe, would feel fake and inauthentic, I think uh, having Wong Kar Wai make his first American film, and a lot of it's about heart, the heartland, yeah. like, and a little bit about New York City, but, like, it just, it feels so artificial, and it's just not as ballpark. Well, it's fucking three billboards. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like yeah. that fucking Irish dude. What's his yeah. name? Whatever the fuck um, his name is. Yeah, yeah. Whatever his name is. He, uh, McDonough. Yeah, McDonough. Like, making a movie about, like, a right. specifically American, you know. Right, like, his Irish stuff is so good. Yeah. Um, but, Girl. yeah. Anyway. Cripple of a Nishman. Then we did our queer cinema episode. I tweeted that I finally saw The Edge of Seventeen, and it fucking rocked my world. You're not talking about the Haley Stanfield. No. No. No, no, no. Okay. Um, this is uh, a movie that was made in, like, the 80s? 
Um, the fashion is incredible. The music, incredible. Um, uh, I, I, I tr- uh, you know, I fucking watched it on um, Canopy before it died. Oh, yeah, yeah. So sad. I mean, Canopy... Yeah, sucks. I deserved it a little bit. Yeah, or... yeah, they were charging too much. Yeah. Um, but I love that movie, and if oh wait, uh... oh Canopy's not the one I'm thinking of. Canopy's not the one that was free on with library. Right? Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were they were like extorting libraries too, right. so it's a little bit of their own fault. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I the library's good for them. Um, then we did Rita Moreno, who we love. Yes. Um, her show just got rescued. Yes. Um, so thank you, Pop TV. Thank you, Pop TV. We love. Um, um, and she's going to be in West Side Story yes. in a role written and created for her for excellent, the movie. And excellent. I think that's, that's, that's like the, I always have my issues with Spielberg, but like, that's the sign that I feel like I need to be like, okay, I'm ready. Yep. Also, I have my tickets for Eva Van Ho's West Side Story. What is? I'm going in December. Going on. I'm seeing ads for this version. It looks like an ASOS commercial. It's the first version on Broadway without Jerome Robbins' choreography. Oh. And so that's what I'm excited about. New choreography. Because I think even the Spielberg version is using the Jerome Robbins' choreography. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, it's, what's wild about the new West Side Story on Broadway is literally there's no stars attached to it. No, they're all new. And the ads are just like all like kind of twinky POC yeah. like ASOS kids. Um, we'll see. We love it's, West Side Story. It's, it's like all those commercials that used to air during Gilmore Girls that are like, hi, welcome to the airy chat room. Let's yeah. talk about Very Jesse. That. Very that. Um, then we get into Jim Carrey. Yes. Which was a move. A- he had that show, Kidding. I think it's coming back for a second season. His other show, um, I'm Dying Up Here, was canceled. Yep. And uh, I think that's all he's doing really. And yep. uh that episode, I still think, I don't know, it's somewhere in the middle in terms of our listen to episodes. I think that episode, not to court controversy, but should be more controversial because <laughs> I'm so fucking negative in that episode. Well, I think that maybe speaks to like, do people care about Jim Carrey anymore? Right. I don't know. That's it. I mean, it's what I, I was talking to Derek about this. I was like, we like we were all little boys who loved The Mask and yeah. loved Liar Liar because it was a silly man being able to like have fun and be silly on stage and it gave us permission to be silly but now it's just kind of like huh hmm. yeah there is no, there is no one really like that for kids now i don't think which is a shame um then we talked jane fonda our first guest episode yes. dan mecca of the b-side yes. thank you so much for coming on dan you're an amazing guest um jane isn't really done anything else other than her documentary came out yep. um uh, and it's really good. And I will honestly say, especially since I read the book for that episode, mm-hmm. um, it's like watching the book on uh, on screen. I got to see it um, on a plane. But I guess that's a place to watch a documentary. <laughs> um, Jane Fonda and Five Acts. It came yeah. out on HBO. It's really good. That episode I really enjoyed, actually. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Uh, then we did Sandra Bullock. Um, Sandy B. I don't know if she's done She has. She did Bird, Bird Box. Bird Box. Yeah. So our next episode after that was yeah. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, who uh, we saw in all Ant-Man things. Yeah, he was there for five minutes mm-hmm. in Avengers Endgame. Collecting and, checks, collecting yeah, checks. Yeah, and getting de-aged. Uh, he loves getting de-aged. I don't know if there's an actor that likes getting de-aged as much as Michael Douglas. He's like, I'm young, I'm hip. <laughs> <laughs> I broke a hip. Uh, then we did our 30th episode with Cher. Yes. Cher uh, is one of my favorite episodes. I don't think it's a, as a well-listened-to episode. Really? And this is not me chastising our audience, because you obviously 
obviously you guys listened. But like, if you could get out and just spread the gospel to share. Because, uh, because truly, that was maybe one of the most fun episodes I had watching for. There was not really a lot of movies where I was like, oh, I have to watch this. Right. Um, all of those, I was like, yes, mermaids. Uh, everything else that I watched for that. Uh, <laughs> Tea with Mussolini. Oh, wait, nope. That was Tea my with Mussolini was the one yeah, that I was like, okay, that was what's my going one on here? Review? Like I said, there's scenes in that movie that literally is just like, she's just not even listening to her co-stars. Oh, the, um, the Five and Dime and Jimmy Dean. Oh, come back to The Five and Dime Fuck, Jimmy Dean. I love Jimmy that movie. Dean. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, Share as Broadway show currently that she's not in, but it's about her life. And it is closing yes. in less than a month. So get your tickets, girls. <laughs> um, then we did Ewan McGregor. Um, fine episode. Yeah. Um, Michelle Yeoh, though, is what? Ooh, another great episode. I fucking loved Michelle Yeoh episode. And it's weird that it was a year ago. It's, it is weird. Yeah. Really. Um, um, that, I love episodes where like I get to like, really investigate and explore and like yeah. see things that I just would never have gone and like seen. Her uh, movies... We're so fun to watch. Yeah. And it just, I mean, we talked about it in the episode. She's a badass bitch. Um, I have, uh, she's not done another film that has come out since, but she did do the second season of Star Trek Discovery. Mm. And let me tell you, they know what they have in her. Uh. They gave her every single funny fucking line that they could. Um, she comes, she's an evil, uh, I'm just going to spoil it for you. If you haven't seen the first season and the second season, she's an, basically an evil doppelganger of her character from the first season. Oh, okay. Because um, she's from the Mirror Universe. And she is omnisexual. So oh, she's yeah. hitting on every person. You are savvier than he was. Um, you, you do know that he's gay, right? Don't be so binary. In my universe, he was pansexual. And we had DEFCON level fun together. And you too, Poppy. Did you just call me Poppy? Oh my goodness. Yeah, Yeah, she's great. Um, I will say also in my film, uh, my YouTube film studies, um, the same guy also talked about Sunshine, which was, uh, was that my five star review for I think it was your five star review. Um, It might have been. I can't remember. I think it was. But I love that movie. Yeah. And um, just furthermore, it furthered my, I'm like, I do love that fucking movie. You're right. Uh." Um, Uh, And she will actually will be, are we seeing her? In the no. sequel to Crazy Rich Asians, yes, it, I believe so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that's okay. Um, moving on, Jennifer Garner. Another episode that I requested. Yes, that you were. Um, so they're not all gems. <laughs> <laughs> Drag me. Um, people love Jennifer Garner. First yeah. of all, I think we. I still follow her on Instagram. She's a delight. Yeah, and she's done like a ton of credit card commercials since. Good I for know. her. She's working hard on her um, family juice pouches, her <laughs> organic um, hummus. And it, I, I say this all tongue in cheek. I actually, Jennifer Garner's great. And had we not done that episode, I wouldn't have put off. I would have put off seeing 13 going on 30 even longer and honestly that movie is a delight. It is a so, delight. And yeah. uh, and you know what? Her one good scene in Love, Simon. Perfect. <laughs> um, Robert Redford was our next episode and he also showed up in, in um, Endgame and it's just funny that Marvel is, yeah. the, is the one, it, the one it's place like, where... It's the true connected universe. Yeah, exactly. It's where an actor over 60 is getting... It's funny because everybody always complains that nobody hires actors over 60. Marvel will do it. Marvel will do it. But for stunts. Yeah. <laughs> Fully. 
Um, also, there was like that mini viral Twitter moment where people didn't know that the nodding man yes. was Robert Redford. Shout out to my friend Rob who like tweeted out like, hey, listen to this episode because that's how I discovered it was. Yeah, I mean, same. But like, I never thought it was, people were like, is it not Seth Rogen? Or, oh, they thought it was Zach, Zach Galifianakis. I was like, that's clearly not Zach Galifianakis. Everybody needs their eyes checked. Um, we did vampires on film. Yeah, that was our big Halloween episode yep. this year. Um, I don't feel like there's been a big vampire movie since. Nope. No, uh, we did Viola Davis. Viola Davis, and that was our first encounter with uh, this had Oscar buzz on our show because we had both Joe yes. and Chris on to talk about Widows. Widows before it came out. Yeah, um, which was a lot of fun. I feel like Viola Davis episode was also like the episode where like I almost started crying. Yeah, <laughs> Viola Davis, we went deep. I went really emotional in my rewind with her. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a connection. <laughs> uh, we did Michael Keaton with uh, Christy. Yes. Next. Christy, amazing guest. Christy Puchko. Please so go seek out her smart. reviews. Ugh. Yeah, she really is. Um, and also, Michael Keaton's had a couple films since he did Dumbo for Disney, uh, which we brought up in the episode. Um, it's bad, but he's the bright spot in it. And also, he did not show up in Spider-Man Far From Home, yeah. even though there were rumors he would. Yeah. Crazy. Um, then we did Santa Claus on film. Yeah. Our little film. holiday. That was fun. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we got into this year, and our first um, character was Regina King. Yeah, what a what a good person to start the year off. With. God, what a good person to start with. And I'm so again, I can't like the reason why I feel like so happy doing this podcast. Yeah. Like even though I'm clearly not like a very well informed film person. I mean, you've become. I don't. I don't know. I think you sell yourself short, Louis. Mm. There are a lot of film characters in the universe uh, who have podcasts and who are like know all the names and all the work which is fine i don't I, there's nobody i'd rather do this podcast oh with. gavin i'm gonna start crying again um, <laughs> viola davis viola davis <laughs> is, the one, is the one person i would replace you yeah. with <laughs> no i'll just say though with regina king if we had not done that episode i would not have seen a lot of john singleton films yes any of them really and then he passed and then away. he passed away and like i mentioned during our drag episode it it truly does enrich my life. And I think that's why people love movies um, and, I mean, any content, really. It enriches your life and it shows, like, there's just so much good texture, you know? And um, the New York Times also did a very recently, like, um, black directors in the 90s, what happened? Like, there was a big boom and then they all went away. Um, and why did I watch I Like It Like That? Uh, that was for Rita Moreno. For Rita Moreno. So, yeah. And so, the director for that, which was the first African-American woman yeah. to... Um, Direct lead, a Hollywood film. Yeah. Uh, she was part of that bunch. Uh, and and all of, all of this... And, and so, Regina King's episode specifically, when I watched all these John Singleton films, I was like, oh my god. Like, this is a whole area of, um, again, kind of like Michelle Yeoh, filmmaking yeah. that I was not aware of, um, that, you know, this had not uh, kind of uh, infiltrated my specific part of the universe. And I'm so happy that I was able to because I honestly love those movies. Um, and it's it's also really fun to talk to other people who have known these movies and love them and then kind of like, you know, being like, oh my God, yeah. I, I yeah, I remember that. I still remember the first time I saw Poetic Justice. My sister Nicole rented it for a birthday party um, and they didn't end up watching it, but we watched it the next day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I remember being like not fully because... That's a life. So I grew up in a small town and a small backwards town in upstate New York, which is very. If you if you're not aware of what an upstate to New York, it can be very southern, mm -hmm. it, especially in its isolation. And 
I was not used to that world that was presented to yeah. me. And I think I saw it before Boys in the Hood, but Boys in the Hood was like an eye-opening experience for me. For sure. Because I genuinely didn't know that there was a there was a life like that yeah. outside of my small community. Um, and I, I still to this day think that that movie is, uh, I mean, it's one of the greats. Uh, and Lawrence Fishburne's gentrification speech yes. is, is literally should be taught at every school. Yeah. Uh, it's holds up and it's still so true. It reminds me of like, you know, thinking about like when I watched Selena for the first time, I was like, Oh, this is my community and I relate and I understand. I've met a lot of people who are not from my community or from yeah. like who understand that part of the world that I'm from. And they like are getting a, like a little glimpse of, you know, the Tejano world and so, like, seeing, like, uh, South Side of L.A. and, you know, Oakland and all these movies, it's, it's like, yeah, it, yeah, it's a very specific thing that you only see if you, you either live it or there's going to be um, film or TV that right. is going to, like, show you th- what that life is like. And it's nice to have a window that feels honest. Yes. And open yeah. about what is happening in, in those places. And not condescending or... Um, real quick, because you brought up Selena, I know we're going to talk about Jennifer Lopez, but still... It, for all the things that you think you don't think that you bring to the table, and this is just personal, um, <laughs> like that episode, you brought something up that I had not even thought of, which was the fact that the, when the movie occasionally slips into those Tejano music video moments, yeah. I've seen those music videos, but because culturally they're not ingrained in me, I didn't grow up with them. Like I've yeah. seen them in a passing manner. When, my brain didn't go there. And I was like, oh, this is weird. This is a weird thing that's happening. Whatever. I like it. I dig it. But like, but you supplied the context for that. I think that's very important. For all your Tejano needs, <laughs> just call me. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's the thing is we all bring something different to the table. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, after Regina, I mean, this was when we were on our tear of yeah. Queens. Yeah. We did Viola. We did Regina. Then we did Rachel. Yes. Who, fucking smoking. Again, I hadn't seen a lot of her movies. But then I investigated, and God, she's so good. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And thank God, I mean, the favorite. Oh, yeah, still oh. so good. Still so fucking good. Yeah, um, and then we did uh, Julianne Moore with our guest, Chris File. Yes, so of, this had Oscar buzz. Um, a very fun episode. Absolutely. Chris, you are amazing. Yes. It's so good to know you. We love Julianne. Um, and then we did Cary Grant. Um, which, Who's still dead. He's still dead. <laughs> um, after that, we did Tim Burton. Yes. Hasn't done anything, has he? Yeah, Dumbo was it, and okay, well, and maybe stop and goodbye. <laughs> um, and then we did Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Um, Speaking of J Lo, yes, uh, we will see her again later this year in um, the in Hustlers. Hustlers, a movie that is bound to win every single Academy Award. Yeah, from oh. animated short mm-hmm. to Best Picture. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the work that she's doing, Constance Wu's doing. I will say, there's. All the stories about Constance Wu being a diva and blah, 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 this and that. Jennifer Lopez has been dealing with that forever. Right. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I know. I don't give a fuck. But that's one of the things, right? Like, I I know there's some things Constance Wu has done to paint herself in that light. Mm-hmm. I don't know her personally, but it does feel a little gross that most of the attention that she's received, much like Jennifer Lopez early on in her career, is about her attitude. Right. It feels very much like, like this is a person of yeah. color 
Yeah. They're not allowed to ask for things. Like, literally, fuck anyone who's like, <laughs> you should be grateful you're here. Right. Like, no, fuck you. She's very talented. And if she's difficult to sit on set, who cares? Like, right, I, right. I mean, it's... It, no one says you have to... I mean, and, and again, I don't know who this person is, but, you know... Some people get to be assholes, and it's fine. Like, a lot of people get to be assholes, right. and no one talks shit about them. Right. And, you know, uh, being a diva or difficult to work with. Like, right. fuck off. Ugh. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, <laughs> uh, after Jennifer Lopez, we did Keanu Reeves. Um, we hit the Keanu Reeves, like, um, like right, right, be- right before. Like, yeah. just, just, we went into that one full strong. And by the way, I've since seen John Wick 3. And I will say I liked it a lot better than John Wick 2. So I know because I heard from some people. Some people were like, you didn't like John Wick 2. And I was like, no, I did not. And they were like, you can't sit with us. Okay, right. Okay. Uh, But I like John Wick 3. Please let me sit with you. I'm back. Uh, I haven't seen the third one, um, but I did see the second one. Uh, I thought it was okay. I thought the first one's really great. First one's great. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. And then uh, his Netflix film. Yes. I know it's not his film, but the but like he's the highlight of it. Yeah, always be my maybe came yes. out, and uh, controversially, I did not like it at all, except for him. But it's fine. What is it about this game that frightens you? I'm not frightened, Keanu. You know what? Fine. Um, I dare you to smash that base on your head. What? This base? Yeah. No problem. Whoa. Jesus Christ. Oh my God, you're bleeding. You see how easy that was, Marcus? You see how easy that was? I never cower in the face of danger. It's like an ABC family movie. The thing with like a lot of Netflix but, movies now, they just like look like they're made for nothing. Yeah. It kind of sucks. It just feels like they're movies that they don't buy at festivals mm. or buy like outright that they pony up the money for. They're ponying up like $5 and they're like, go make movies. Well, because I mean, some of the movies are being produced by like, literally YouTube production companies. Right, right. Like, Solo is a, To All the Boys I've Loved Before was made by, like, Awesomeness TV or whatever. Oh, like, was it? I think... Oh, that explains Yeah, like, and that might be the wrong name of it, but, like, a yeah. lot of them are truly from, like, I think it's YouTubers who are... like, the sound mix on all... Anyways, sorry. Well, I, mean, I think YouTubers who are trying to, like, yeah. pivot into, like, actual, like, filmmaking... Um, they're able to like show off to these Netflix people or whoever being like, we have some cameras and sound stuff. We yeah. can do, we can film things, which is interesting to see like where it goes. It feels like a very like young market of whatever. Um, then we did Emma Thompson with our other guest, Joe Reed. Also of this had Oscar buzz. Great show, by the way, if you're not listening to that, you should be. Thank you very much for coming on Joe. Mm-hmm. It's always a pleasure. Um, we, sorry, my voice is getting deep cause I'm sick. It's always a pleasure. You're, you're so masked. Oh yeah. my God. Um, Emma Thompson, who we will be seeing later this year. We did see already. So yes, I did see Men in Black International. Oh, how was that? It's not good. Okay. Bob. It, um, it came with a clunk. Yeah. Um, but a fun, fun facts for everybody just so they know, cause this is going to bring it into our next, um, the only things that Emma c- had come out between that was late night, which I liked her performance in, and then Men in Black International, which she's in basically for a cameo. She has two scenes, essentially. Um, but our next episode was Chris Hemsworth yep. with Joel Arnold uh, of the D&D&D podcast, as well as just being a comedian out in LA, mm-hmm. doing his thing. Um, and Chris Hemsworth had Men in Black International come out, um, and 
go read the behind the scenes reports of that movie. A Men in Black? Uh, yeah, because essentially what it is, is Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson signed on with a completely different script oh. about shape-shifting aliens that were a rock band like the Beatles. <laughs> and it was apparently like a lot darker and more adult and more interesting. Um, which is funny because the only thing that's retained from that version clearly is the fact that they say shit like 90 times in the movie. Huh. Which like, I don't care. I don't have kids. But also I feel like if I had, like those movies are clearly for kids. Right. I think I'd feel weird bringing a kid where they say shit that much. That movie definitely felt like it was marketed as like a family friendly whatever. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Kamel Nanjani plays an animated talking sidekick who's very annoying. But I also hate all animated sidekicks. Right. Um, but... Uh, they uh, apparently the the producer of the movie essentially became the head of Sony while they were making or the head of like Columbia Pictures the division of Sony while they were making the film because the the previous regime left um, and he started handing them new scripts daily oh rewrites God. daily and it got it. like and he kept fighting with F Gary Gray who directed it and it got so bad that Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth independently both hired writers to write their dialogue wow at each day so like the movie's a mess you can see it on screen yeah yeah and it just feels i mean it's just so not exciting for a action movie yeah it's and it's boring it kind of sucks like you know they tried to revive this like old property that i mean i'm like one and to less say two were like exciting and fun and fresh um three was kind of but see, I hate two. I don't love three, but I think three is better than two. Is three the one with no? Three is the one with like the hot the, girl, right? The, no, that's that's the second one. Two sucks. Yeah, the first one's really good. Yeah, um, yeah, that sucks. But you know, we'll we'll see Emma Thompson. Um, Emma Thompson, right? Yeah, Emma, Th- Emma Thompson. Uh, later this year, in um, is she in this movie or did she just write it? The um, uh, last Christmas. I think she's also in it. Okay, but yeah, so we're we're like eagerly awaiting last Christmas. Yeah, I am. Um, I am. I hope it's good. I, you know, I anything that Emma Thompson writes, I'm I'm down yeah. for. And Henry um, Golding, Hold, Golding, Golding. Yeah, and we didn't mention this in our episode because it wasn't fully confirmed yet. But Chris Hemsworth, uh, outside of Thor, to my knowledge, which I don't know when that's starting to shoot is supposedly taking a break from acting for just a tiny bit to spend more time with his family. Good for him. So. He has like a million kids. Yeah, yeah. So. So, excellent. So, the, like you said, we did Chris Hemsworth. And that brings us to our last episode, which was Drag on Film. Yes. And uh, there hasn't been any new drag films since There has then. not been any drag yeah, films yeah. this month. Oh, this, I know. Horrible. It's crazy, guys. Horrible. The, the drag extended universe. I know. The drag cinematic universe. and We're waiting for the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, I I don't know. I've appreciated um, all the time that we've spent over the last two years doing this show. I know the the largest complaint I get about this, which is so flattering, is people are like, "Oh, I finished all your episodes. When's the next one coming?" Oh, um, and that always feels kind of amazing. And I know, like, I don't want this to be an episode where we're just wanking each other off, but that. That is so nice to hear, and I, I always appreciate that because I always worry that we're maybe two people just getting together, shouting into an echo chamber, <laughs> and just entertaining each other. Right, but I think the, the like the premise of the show is that like we do have different opinions, or different viewpoints, and um, thinking like like you said, we bring different things to the table. Um, I certainly think like we see movies differently, and 
I'm and, colorblind, you're right. You, you're colorblind. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been fun. It's been fun, and I think we should do a little more. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, I know this episode probably seems shorter than you're used to, only because our episodes have become so massive lately because we've been doing full histories. But if there is anything at all that you want us to cover, anything that you think we missed in this episode from our past 50 episodes, and anything you want to see going forward, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online on Twitter at, at The Mixed Reviews. We're on Facebook. Just type in The Mixed Reviews. You can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. And you can listen to us everywhere. Oh my God. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes Music, Stitcher Radio, Stitcher Radio, Heart Radio, Google Music. Yeah. And just uh, anywhere that you can find us. And please, please do, if you listen to us on uh, iTunes, please rate and review us. Give us a five star review. Write a little ditty to tell mm-hmm. us what you like about the show. Yeah. Yeah. How, we love hearing from you. I also would like be really interested to see like what was the first episode you guys like listened to, you know? Like, Absolutely. Where did you, I mean, because it's kind of shocking some of, we did Anna Hathaway fourth. Yeah. And, and we still get notices about it. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. She's a popular girl though. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, when did you jump on the Mixed Reviews train? Um, I, I got on probably around Chris Hemsworth. I think oh, that's when yeah, I joined okay. Yeah. I um actually have been lying this entire time. I haven't seen any of these movies. <laughs> what if like one day I came in and I was like, oh my God, right. And then it was like a twin. <laughs> um, but then she drowned. <laughs> it's my favorite joke of all time from 30 Rock. But then she drowned. <laughs> oh, Louis, I love, I love doing this with you. And uh, thank you so much for joining me for these 50 episodes and you know this podcast wouldn't exist without you so. to 50 more absolutely see you guys next time cheers <laughs> water cheers <laughs> isn't that bad luck uh there's no water left in mine so okay, just well. you <laughs> happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday Mr. President, happy birthday to you. Thanks, Mr. President, for all the things you've done, the battles that you've won, the way you deal with U.S. Steel and our problems by the time we thank you so much.